The time is now. Volume 5, episode 107. This is Employment Law Now, and I am, of course, still Mike Schmidt, your host of this podcast and the vice chair of labor and employment at Cozen O'Connor. It is December 7th, 2021. I hope all of you have been able to enjoy the start of the holiday season. Some moments it feels like it's the holiday season, some moments it doesn't. Whatever it feels like, we are still talking, of course, about COVID-19 and in particular, a lot about mandatory vaccines and vaccine rules from the federal government and all around the country. We've talked a lot about the substance of what these rules say and don't say, and we started talking a little bit a couple of weeks ago about some of the initial litigation and requests for injunction that had been filed. I thought this would be a good time right now to regroup a little bit and tell you exactly what the status is of the three primary vaccine rules on the federal side, where those things currently stand and what the status is. After that, once I tell you that really nothing is happening anymore on the federal side because it's all pretty much been stayed, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some of the state and local government developments, particularly in the great state of New York, where we are seeing a lot of state and local activity, particularly in response to a federal government that is not being that successful in putting forth mandatory vaccine rules. So let's get right into it. Let's get to the status of the three primary mandatory vaccine rules that have come from the Biden administration. You have first the OSHA ETS, the Emergency Temporary Standard. You have the CMS rule, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, their uh, interim final rule for the healthcare industry. And then thirdly, you have the Biden administration vaccine mandate applying to federal contractors. Let's take all three individually. First, the OSHA ETS, you will remember, because I certainly do, that we spent a couple of Fridays and weekends in the month of November digesting and talking a lot about this ETS. You will remember that it is intended to apply to all employers who have 100 or more employees, and it intended to impose some stringent rules though giving employers, covered employers, the option to either mandate vaccines for its employees or require weekly testing and the wearing of masks in the workplace. Because you are such a great avid listener to this podcast, you will also know that the Fifth Circuit came in and issued a temporary injunction 
prohibiting the implementation and enforcement of the OSHA ETS. And you will also remember hearing that the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals in Cincinnati, Ohio, won the big lottery. And so all of the petitions around the country that were filed to challenge the OSHA ETS were all consolidated before the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. Now, before the OSHA ETS was stayed, there was this first deadline for compliance with the ETS that just happened to be yesterday, December 6, 2021. Most requirements had to be complied with by December 6th. Those included employers having to develop uh, policies, whether it was going to be just mandatory vaccine policies or a uh, testing option being allowed. Also, for employers to determine the vaccination status of the employees, to provide for leave in order to get vaccines, basically all of the requirements other than to make sure that employees were fully vaccinated or to start getting tested, other than that, all of the requirements had to be complied with by December 6th yesterday. But the stay was in effect by the Fifth Circuit. So employers were not required to comply with yesterday's deadlines. And the Sixth Circuit, which now has all of these consolidated cases, does not seem all that moved or all that concerned by yesterday's deadline, as it did come and go without any further action by the Sixth Circuit on the stay. And before getting to the merits, the Sixth Circuit right now is dealing with an application by the government that was filed on November 23rd, to dissolve the stay that had been issued by the Fifth Circuit. In other words, the government has asked the Sixth Circuit to get rid of this stay and allow for enforcement of the OSHA ETS to go forward. Well, the Sixth Circuit set a briefing schedule for both sides of this dispute to submit legal briefs on the question of whether the Fifth Circuit stay should be dissolved or should continue. The parties were required to file responses to the government's request by today, December 7th. And then the government has a whopping three days to file its response by this Friday, December 10th. So while clearly the Sixth Circuit's briefing schedule went past yesterday's December 6th compliance deadline we should expect a decision from the Sixth Circuit on this Fifth Circuit stay issue by year-end, if not sooner. And the question will be what to make of the next compliance deadline, which is January 4th, that deadline to ensure that employees of covered employees, I'm sorry, employees of covered employers become fully vaccinated or go through testing if allowed by the policy, what to make of that January 4th deadline depending on what the Sixth Circuit does here. If the Sixth Circuit lifts the stay before then, the question will be, are we going to extend that January 4th deadline to give employers more time to comply? Certainly, if the Sixth Circuit continues the stay during the litigation itself, that stay will undoubtedly continue past that January 4th deadline. Either way, as I said, we expect the Sixth Circuit to issue some decision by year end. Until then, the OSHA ETS 
has been stayed and employers are not required to comply with it as of this moment. Stay tuned, there'll be more to come. The second of the three rules, the CMS rule for the healthcare industry, required that healthcare workers be vaccinated. That was set to be effective again yesterday, December 6th, which is when healthcare workers had to get their first dose, and then required healthcare workers to be fully vaccinated by January 4th, 2022. This healthcare um, rule had some differences from the OSHA ETS. For example, unlike the OSHA ETS, there is no testing option in lieu of vaccination for the healthcare workers. So that if there was no valid medical or religious-based exception, the healthcare worker must get vaccinated or he or she cannot be employed as a healthcare worker anymore. Fast forward to shortly after Thanksgiving, and this rule, the healthcare industry rule, has similarly been stayed. On November 29th, the federal court for the Eastern District of Missouri issued a preliminary injunction to stay enforcement of the CMS healthcare rule in 10 separate states Alaska, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, New Hampshire, Nebraska, Wyoming, North Dakota, and South Dakota. I don't think you really care which states those were, but if you did, you can click rewind and I'll read them for you again that way. But it doesn't matter because the very next day, November 30th, another federal court, the Western District of Louisiana, issued a preliminary injunction for the rest of the states. Preliminary enjoining, which is the fancy way of saying not allowing CMS to enforce its healthcare industry rule. That is now going to remain in effect for the rest of the states. So now we have the Eastern District of Missouri issuing the preliminary injunction for those 10 states, the Western District of Louisiana issuing the preliminary injunction for all of the rest of the states. The bottom line is that this preliminary injunction is going to be pending final resolution of the merits of these cases, or unless there's some further order of the court by the Sixth Circuit or by the Supreme Court. The courts here base their decision on the fact that they believe that the parties who challenge the CMS rule will likely be successful in proving that the federal government did not have authority to implement the healthcare industry mandate. On December 2nd, 2021, in response to those preliminary injunctions, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, just like OSHA did, announced that it too would be suspending all activities regarding implementation and enforcement of its healthcare mandate while the federal injunctions are in place. So again, as of November 30th, 2021, the CMS healthcare industry rule has been stayed and cannot be enforced pending further action. Stay tuned. Third and lastly is the federal contractor rule. This federal contractor rule was the Biden administration's mandate 
that required all employees of federal contractors and subcontractors to be fully vaccinated by January 18th, 2022. Originally, it was an earlier date, but a publication in mid-November extended that date to January 18th. So all federal contractor employees had to be fully vaccinated by January 18th, 2022, unless they were legally entitled to a medical or religious accommodation. Two federal courts got into the action on this federal contractor rule. First, on November 30th, 2021, the federal court for the Eastern District of Kentucky issued a preliminary injunction finding that the Biden administration exceeded its authority and that the uh, contractor mandate otherwise has some serious constitutional concerns. Interesting to note the way the Kentucky federal court opinion started, making very clear, I think, that it was looking at this in a very narrow fashion. The opinion starts off this way, quote, this is not a case about whether vaccines are effective. They are. Nor is this a case about whether the government at some level and in some circumstances can require citizens to obtain vaccines. It can. The question presented here is narrow. Can the president use congressionally delegated authority to manage the federal procurement of goods and services to impose vaccines on the employees of federal contractors and subcontractors? In all likelihood, the answer to that question is no, end quote. However, the federal court in Kentucky on November 30th limited the scope of its preliminary injunction to contractors and contracts in only three states, Kentucky, Ohio, and Tennessee. Well, that gave the rest of the country a little bit of breathing room for about a week. Because just today, on December 7th, 2021, the federal court for the Southern District of Georgia issued its own preliminary injunction enjoying or banning the federal government from enforcing the vaccine mandate for federal contractors and subcontractors, quote, in all covered contracts in any state or territory of the United States of America, end quote. That is certainly as nationwide as it gets. The Southern District of Georgia relied on similar reasoning, essentially saying that the Biden administration likely exceeded its federal contract procurement authority in implementing this federal contractor rule. So again, to sum up, on the federal level, when it comes to the mandatory vaccine rules, the OSHA ETS is currently stayed and cannot be enforced. We'll see what the Sixth Circuit does on that issue. Secondly, the CMS, Healthcare Industry Rule, is currently stayed and cannot be enforced. We will see what the Eastern District of Missouri or the Western District of Louisiana do. We will see if the Sixth Circuit or if the Supreme Court jump in on that rule. And then third and lastly, the federal contractor rule is similarly stayed and cannot be enforced. 
the Eastern District of Kentucky, the Southern District of Georgia have had their say. We will see what they do as the litigation in both of those courts continue, or we will see whether the Sixth Circuit or the Supreme Court jumps in there as well. So on the federal side, we got nothing. It's been a lot of talk, a lot of podcast episodes, alerts, blogs, webinars, and here we are on December 7, 2021, and we are exactly where we were a few months ago before OSHA started with the first domino and issued its ETS. So while we have nothing else to do at the moment on the federal level, while I do have you here, let's go back and look at the state and local levels to see what's been going on. Because the interesting fight right now is on the state and local level between government officials who are enacting the kind of vaccine mandates that the federal government has not been successful in pushing through versus, on the other hand, government officials seeking to prevent employers from mandating vaccines or at least affording employees very broad exceptions. Florida came up with its own law that provides for very broad exceptions for Florida-based employees who do not want to or do not believe they can be vaccinated. Kansas just enacted its own law, similarly with very broad exceptions, very broad accommodation provisions for employees. The new Kansas law also includes a provision that prohibits employers from even inquiring into the sincerity of an employee's stated religious belief. Then comes New York on the other side of the spectrum. Just yesterday morning, December 6th, 2021, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio announced an aggressive COVID-19 vaccine mandate for all private employers in New York City, regardless of size. Sort of took baby steps getting up to that point in New York City. There were mandates put in place by New York City that applied to healthcare workers, and then city workers, and then employees of private schools and religious schools. Now, and partly based on what we've been seeing in the news about this new variant, Mayor de Blasio announced that he had to take a preemptive strike and be aggressive and apply a mandate to all private employers in New York City, as I said, regardless of size. Thus, all employees of any New York City employer who work in person must show proof of at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine by December 27th, 2021. On the one hand, you're not going to have the issue that people were worried about with the OSHA ETS, where there was this arbitrary line drawing of 100 employees or more. You're not going to have the concern that, well, one group of employees can just go and leave and start to work at a smaller company that wouldn't be subject to the OSHA ETS, you don't have that with this New York City new vaccine mandate because it applies, as I said again, to all employers of all sizes. The problem is small businesses, small employees are going to have administrative and perhaps financial issues 
when it comes to complying with this rule by December 27th. And oh, by the way, December 27th, as we all know, is right smack in the middle of the holiday season. Where we're already seeing labor shortage issues. Be that as it may, Mayor de Blasio's rule for New York City requires that all New York City employees provide proof of at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine by December 27th. Remote workers, by the way, are not included in this mandate, and there is no testing option. However, there must be an accommodation made, as with federal law, for medical and religious-based reasons. New York City will be issuing guidance next Wednesday by December 15th, which at that point should offer more information on the scope of this New York City mandate, the exemptions permitted, as well as how this is going to be enforced and what will happen if there are violations. There are two other points worth noting. First, Mayor de Blasio is only going to have five days left in office when this new mandate becomes effective on December 27th. Mayor de Blasio's term as mayor of New York City ends at the end of this year. New York City Mayor-elect Eric Adams takes office on January 1st, and it remains to be seen whether his administration will keep this mandate in place, whether he will remove it, or whether he will modify it in any respect. A spokesman for Mayor-elect Adams has come out and only said, that Mayor-elect Adams will take a look at this when he gets into office on January 1st, and he will base any decision on this new mandate solely on the science, on the efficacy, and on advice he is getting from health professionals. The second point uh, that's important to note here is it is likely, I think, that there will be legal challenges filed in the coming days and weeks in anticipation of this December 27th compliance deadline. So it remains to be seen whether this New York City mandate will be temporarily stayed in the same way as the federal OSHA ETS has been and continues to be. I will say that all of the challenges to the New York City mandates that have been issued so far have been unsuccessful. In fact, Challenges to state and local mandates on this issue around the country have been far less successful than what we have seen on the three federal rules that I just went through. So it's hard to say that any challenge, if filed between now and December 27th, will likely be successful. But as of now, again, all private employers in New York City need to comply with this mandate beginning on December 27, 2021, to the extent that they do not already have mandatory vaccine policies that are at least as strict. Well, while we're on New York, why don't I just give you a couple of other examples of how local governments are being otherwise aggressive when it comes to the regulation of the employer and the employee relationship, not just having to do with COVID-19 and mandatory vaccines. Now, now wait, wait. I know you're saying to yourself, hey, I don't have any employees in New York. I don't have an office or facility in New York. Thanks for the 23 minutes. I can stop here. I suggest you listen. It's only going to be another three or four minutes left in this episode anyway. But even if you don't currently operate in New York, as I say all the time, 
it's probably still worth continuing to listen to these last four minutes, three minutes of the episode, because New York often serves as a bellwether state when it comes to employer-employee regulation, and it really serves as a good data point for trends and developments in these kinds of cases. So I want to talk to you quickly about three other developments uh, that have just been recently enacted uh, in New York, both on the state level and on the city level. First, on the state level, uh, effective May 7th, 2022, you have a little bit of time, May 7th, 2022, New York has eliminated all secrecy from employer monitoring of employee communications and transmissions. Thus, beginning on May 7th, 2022, any employer in New York that does monitor or otherwise intercept emails or phone calls or other communications by employees must do two things. One, must notify individuals in writing or electronically at the time of hire about its intention and possibility that it will do so. Footnote, it's not currently clear based on the reading or the, the way it is worded whether that notice is required for current employees. And so the employees, employers must not only notify individuals at the time of hire of its monitoring intention, but also obtain an acknowledgement of that notice being received by the individual hired. And then secondly, the employer must post a notice in a conspicuous place that telephone conversations, email, internet access, or employee usage of some electronic device or system may be subject to monitoring at any and all times and by any lawful means. So, to the extent employers in New York currently monitor or in the future intend to monitor those communications or transmissions by employees, New York employers should ensure that they have the appropriate protocols, notices, and postings in place beginning on May 7th, 2022. And in the category of, hey, you really have some time for these, come two New York State and New York City laws that will become effective January 2023. January 2023. We are already talking 2023. We haven't even finished 2021 yet, but I like to keep you abreast of what's coming down the road so you can start planning for your organization. We've got one each in New York City and New York State. Let's start with the New York City one. Beginning on January 1st, 2023, New York City employers will be prohibited from using automated decision tools to screen candidates or current employees for positions unless that automated decision tool had an independent bias audit within the prior year of its use and unless a summary of those audit results as well as the tool's distribution date have been publicized on the employer's website. This new law will require that New York employers provide certain notifications to candidates and employees residing in New York City, including notice that those artificial intelligence tools are being used and notification of the identity of the criteria that will be applied by those tools. So to the extent employers in New York City currently use 
or in the future intend to use automated decision tools as part of their employee recruitment and selection, they should consider whether such tools have been audited within the period of time required by the new law and should also make sure that they have the appropriate protocols and documentation in place by January 1st, 2023. Lastly, this is on the New York State level, also beginning January 1st, 2023, the definition of family member in New York State's Paid Family Leave Act will include siblings of an employee. That means that covered employees as of January 1st, 2023, will be entitled to benefits under the New York State Paid Family Leave Act to care for a sibling who has a serious health condition. So covered employers in New York should be prepared as of January 1st, 2023, to amend their leave policies to reflect this new definition of family member, as well as provide this information to those in the organization who make decisions on leave requests. Wow, that's a lot going on around the country, federal side, state side, city side. Keep it right here. I will try to keep it simple. I will try to keep you informed of what's going on and I suspect before I get to say Happy New Year to you, you'll be hearing from me again. Until that time, I hope you and your organizations and your families stay safe, healthy, and I hope all of your labor is productive.